Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. A new service coming to Meltdown Comics, Moped Hero. $5 comic book delivery in Los Angeles. Serving Hollywood, WeHo, Bev Hills, Echo Park, Silver Lake, Midtown, and Downtown. A proud partner with Meltdown Comics. What it is, is basically what it sounds like. A dude on a moped going about Los Angeles delivering you your comics. Forget Amazon. Take up Moped Hero. Sign up at www.mopedhero.com or call 425-736-6476 and get those comics delivered via moped. The No Failure Anything Could Happen class on marketing and promotion at Meltdown University. Your project can be anything that you want to put into the world. A book, zine, toy, paintings, your dog, or anything else. All are welcome. The focus of the class is to reach the people who would like your work, and our goal will be to make it easiest for you to do things you'd normally find difficult. Details on the class. Once a week for six weeks, Mondays from 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. The start date is February 22nd, 2016. This is an 18-plus age group. Prices are $30 per session. Contact moss at grayrainbow.com. Space is limited, so say hi soon. Thank you all for coming to Meltcast 3.0. This is Derek. Hello, and this is Aristotle. And Eddie is asleep again. He's a very sleepy guy. He's just always in the corner. Just just <laughs> napping, napping away. And yet this week he's kind of like hanging from the roof like a bat, which is weird. But yeah, he's just chosen a very unorthodox way of getting a nap. I think it's just the blood rush to the head is like an immediate put you to sleep. Mm. In Wayne's World too. Does anything learn from Wayne's World 2? It'll keep you alive if you sleep um, like that. One of the reasons why uh, Eddie might be so sleepy and why you're feeling a little um, on the recovery, I'm sure, is because we had an art gallery here at Meltdown Comics, the Peanut Gallery Art Gallery. Yes, we did. And uh, if you didn't attend, it's very much like it sounds. Uh, the Peanut meaning Charles Schultz's Peanuts. No, it's... Charlie Brown it's and such. Artist renditions of various types of nuts. We've got I, I guess I Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I saw uh, too many almonds in there. You know, I'm actually surprised no one did any any pieces like that with nuts in them. Just in the clothing of or yeah, just each of the Charlie Brown characters. Just anything regarding peanuts yeah. or nuts. No on kind. the nose. Exactly. Everyone wanted to truly pay which, homage. Yeah, which I'm. I'm happy, but I also thought, like, oh, for sure we'd see that. But so no. this was uh, your first undertaking? Yes. For an art gallery, right? First art gallery. It, uh, I don't know, it all just, it all, it, just all, it all just fell into place almost until we actually had to put it up, in which case it was not falling into place. It had to be carefully placed. 
It, it took <laughs> some thought. It took some thought and a lot of work. So it sounds like most of, and I feel like I saw the artists bringing their pieces in on time. Yeah, most most of them. Some of them day of, which was, or not day of, but day before, which was a little stressful. Right. But uh, it all, it worked out. Yeah. You guys started hanging pieces at what, 11.30? Uh, midnight? Um, I want to say 11.30. Of Thursday uh, night. Thursday night, and well, I guess to to get the full picture, right? Uh, Wednesday night after the Wednesday show, mm-hmm. which goes on pretty late, we stayed behind and we painted the gallery, which took I forget that several that needs, hours. Yeah, that needs to happen a lot usually, yep. the walls, way more than you would think. The walls get pretty dirty from people touching them. Just so, add, just add like Harmontown or the Meltdown, just getting all grubby. Yep. People just leaning right up against the wall and wiping their boogers. With their dirty shoulder <laughs> grease. Yes. But uh, we did that. Went home. Slept a little bit. Had to come yeah. back to do podcasty stuff while also preparing for the show. Yeah. And then Thursday night, up until like 7, 8 a.m., hanging stuff up on the walls and cleaning. Went home. Slept a little bit more. And then came back again, uh, more podcasty stuff and more preparing. So did that feel like a marathon? Yeah, it was real. Friday night was cool, but man, I did not feel too well. You got <laughs> you got to enjoy it. Though? Yeah, it, I like I got to be like this is awesome, but also God, I'm so tired. Yeah. How many caffeinated beverages did you consume? Uh. I don't know. Well, a lot. <laughs> Just a lot. I don't remember. I know I, I sent Kimmy, who also works here at the store. Yes. Uh, she was just there kind of helping out that night mm-hmm. and said, here's 20 bucks. Go to 7-Eleven, buy as many cookie, vegan cookies as this will get you. <laughs> and then that was just kind of my like meal for the night. Yeah. I'm just living off those cookies. That's a strange diet. It was strange, uh, but I was cookies. like, I, I just need I need something. Sustenance. Yeah. Because they have vegan cookies at 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just so needed that's... something in me that didn't require, like, me having to sit down and... What were some of the uh, highlighted pieces that you remember of the night? Um, the skateboard. The skateboard is super cool. So the, uh, the stripe on Tri- Charlie Brown's uh, shirt mm-hmm. was essentially the, the cut or the break... Of, of a skateboard. skateboard, yeah, yeah. So if and you think the, of it like a broken skateboard, that those jagged, st- st- that jagged stripe on Charlie Brown's shirt, that's uh, how the skateboard looked. That did look pretty cool. It's also painted and like cut, um, like Charlie Brown, his like ugh face when he's looking upwards. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> professing to the gods that he's not finding uh, the current situation to be very likable. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot of the times for him. Yeah, but. Uh, Another cool one was, uh, uh, it's, I forgot all the, I forgot how big it is, but it's a large piece that's right behind the stage and it's like big and bright and colorful. Oh yeah, that, Um, that was, um, that was like more, that, that focused on more of the cast, right? A number of them? Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, um, I think the artist is Matt Gondick and Mm -hmm. it's Charlie Brown trying to kick the football but then like it's also like his face is melting away 
and it's like done with what looks like spray paint. Yeah. And it just looks so Was nice. it like psychedelic or? No, it's, uh, I, I mean, the, the listeners can't he- see this, but it's, uh, he gave us stickers and it's in the similar style of this. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So he just, uh, Aristotle just showed me one of Homer Simpson. Um, where he's yelling, but his face is kind of melting just away. Just melting, yeah. You could see his skull. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a lot like that. It's an anatomical it's so look into what the skull would be like of that cartoon character. Um, I think one of the ones that I really liked, obviously I really liked Melody Mew, who's been on the show before when we talked about the five levels partying in K-Town. Um, she had a really nice piece um, that was was sort of the love letter of uh, Lucy to to Schroeder or Schrader, depending on how you say it. Schro- Sh- I like Schroeder. I, I, I like sense. it too. Um, and uh, basically um, saying something to the extent of... Uh, why like why why don't you feel the same way that I do? <laughs> and he's off looking all brooding. And it's uh pulled from an indie film where it's very uh I, I would say Wes Anderson y yeah. like framing and, and looked really good. I also loved I don't know who the artist was, maybe you will um there's a very dark picture of uh of uh Lucy and Charlie Brown with their eyes kind of like like it looks like there's a downlight on them you can't see their actual like eyes mm-hmm. and it just uh it's a burning piano behind them and Charlie Brown has a uh has a gun and uh Lucy says bring me his hands well, now, Allu- alluding to Schrader's. yeah there was there was a joker one too right yeah that's that's, that's the that's one that's I thought with you're, the red frame the, obviously no. the joker was very cool but this yeah. one was just so dark and i feel like it's a reference that i don't know but it was it was pretty hilarious just because it, see it's like that escalated quickly yeah. from I love you to burning his piano and say, Bring me his hands. There was a a surprising amount of dark pieces. Like yeah. nothing too like nothing bad, but well No, uh, all in good fun. Yeah. But I was like, Wow, people Yeah. Have, they uh, they want to see the <laughs> they want to see the uh the dark underbelly. Yeah of, of peanuts. Uh, I like to think that the peanuts that when you open up the shell and and like just unshell it, it looks like the same color of the like skit and you just bite into it. And it's the most like ass tasting peanut you've ever ingested. Mm. There's some, t- you know what I mean? There's sometimes those peanut that like when you shell it, there's like, oh, the typical peanut that looks like a delicious thing. Then there's ones that are like smaller and darker and you're like, what's this going to be? And it just is uh, ass as soon as you bite into it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had a peanut I didn't like. It's, I'm <laughs> telling you, they exist, and they're out to get me, apparently. Um, but, so the last thoughts on the, the, the show before we move on to the other thing in our space uh, happening the same night. I'm just happy with it. A lot of stuff got sold. Uh, the the It's been extended by a few days, so it'll... It'll last oh, so until Valentine's Day. Oh, so we're keeping it longer than the week. Yes. So if you are listening to this, you still should be able to get like a day in yeah. of it. Yeah. If, yeah. And you're listening and you're local and you're like, oh, I didn't get a chance to see it. Come on down. Give it a gander. Or if you're even, even if you're just visiting. Yeah. Go, go see it. Yeah. Monday, it'll be gone. Monday, it's gone. Uh, but what else was happening that night? The other thing that we uh, had going on that night was the Bernie Sanders Burnathon. 
Those are the um, uh, mouth air horns that we do. Um, And we had a number of um, artists there that were creating Bernie Sanders-themed art to support his cause. The week of, um, we were uh, under the impression that we could take the proceeds earned from those watching live um, that wanted to buy the pieces um, and donate to Bernie Sanders. But because of the campaign that he is trying to run um, and the, the way it's set up now, um, not allowed. it's not allowed because XSN, our, our extreme shopping network, is considered a corporation. And to those of you that have been following his campaign, just ain't allowed. So we just became a commercial for uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders. And um, and uh, reference to BernieSanders.com uh, to where uh, you could make donations. The main artist that was there, um, did I? Okay, okay. He says it on his Twitter. I, I'm so glad that I looked it up. Uh, Bill Sinkevich, because it looks very intimidating. You know, we are bad with names way yeah. of, of how he spells it. It's just he, crazy. There's three I's and two E's. It's everywhere, but he is nice enough uh, to, on Twitter, give us the uh, phonetic uh, approach to Sinkevich. Uh, Bill Sinkevich, which he had quite the following show up pretty early, um, mm. and because there was insane traffic that day yeah. that everyone in the shop was coming in and commenting on, he showed up a little late, so there was quite the crowd built up by the time he actually rolled in, mm-hmm. and the piece that he created was pretty awesome. He was there with uh, Jim Mafu, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, from what I saw. Yep. And Mr. Cliff Scott Broadway, who has been on uh, the podcast before yes. uh, and is the resident host of shopxsn.com. Uh, he was there and picking his brain, as was um, Dave Elliott, who was essentially the ringleader of the, of the event of getting um, Bill into the space. Um, and, uh, also Kate Nash stopped in, Oh yeah, which is a very, we haven't talked about it on the podcast because it's almost, it's, we missed last week. We also we haven't did. addressed. Yeah. 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 Last week, the reason that we didn't was just because I, I didn't want to force Eddie and Aristotle to come in, uh, and groggly, like we, we, talk about, I, we were, in the we were, week ahead, I thought, oh, we, we can do we, it. We can do it. There's no problem. We'll be fine. Like, we'll just head on upstairs, talk, go back downstairs, but no. It yeah. was like, thinking about it now, there was no way we could have fit that. It would have just been me pulling the teeth the entire time, and I'm, I, if I were to rate myself on my teeth-pulling abilities, I'm probably at a C-plus at best. C-plus. Um, but yes, uh, a new addition to, uh, to Meltdown quite frequently, much more so than, than I thought, even though it's a really cool place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our, our friend Kate Nash. Um, is, is the in the shop. Kate yep. And she was hosting <laughs> that night. Um, and uh, it's funny because when you think about it, um, Dave Elliott is British, Kate was British, and it was it was uh, uh, two, like two Brits and two Americans talking about American politics, and it was uh, it's pretty nice. nice. It was uh, and and uh, she was also impressed with my tattoo, which I also got. Yes, because yeah. she is. It it makes perfect sense once uh, uh, Kate's in the store and you see her sort of juxtapose against the entire shop. She loves Buffy, 
and she loves Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, and she's been here selling um, Star Wars jewelry. Yes, um, from and Han Cholo. Han Cholo, and uh, was get which if you haven't heard of Han Cholo, very awesome guy. Um, puts together Star Wars themed uh, pieces with a little. What would you call it? What What would you his aesthetic that he brings to it? The subtext of what I'm saying is I'm very white. I and. Uh, it's just real cool Star Wars. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's like uh, but I, streets of L.A. Well, like like put on to to Star Wars in a way. Yes, when I, you hear I, Han Cholo, like, it's feel, about what you expect. Yeah, and it's I, very awesome. What I think points that out the most is that he has those giant Pez. Star Wars pets yeah, 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 yeah. with little bandanas. on Yes, them. very That's, cool. Yeah, and uh, she was uh, Kate was gifted um, the choice between two necklaces: uh, Luke's lightsaber or Han's blaster. And I think on Kate, the uh, appropriate one was Hans Blaster. Yeah, we we were pretty unanimous in that. Like, yeah. it stands out the most. The yeah. lightsaber is cool, but you have to look at it up close to know what it is. Yeah. Far away, it's kind of just a thing. Yep. And so um, those were the hosts for the evening for um, the Burnathon. I was pretty pleased with myself that during the um, during the live cast, um, routinely I would just put stickers for Bernie 2016 in the background to the point where Bernie 2016 was in view, I think, like seven times at different points. It was just basically where was the negative space that the two hosts weren't inhabiting, and I had just put put them throughout the store on the shelves uh, layered throughout the background. Uh, So at one point, it it was pretty funny. Um, But yeah, we we were uh, pretty happy with that turnout, and um, I know... That one of the the um, uh, uh, possibilities, I'll, I'll still call it a possibility, but I think if this can get us any excitement is when uh, the California uh, primaries come around and and it's time to to say one or the other, um, we're going to be having an even bigger burnathon here in the store, um, and that's I think is going to be a little more involved with uh, their I, campaign. I'm still kind of surprised that it's not just super obvious at this point that he's like the clear, the clear answer. You here in here in LA, <laughs> I I'm surprised. I I'm I think it, in Meltdown it's very easy to see all the supporters. Um, I think there's still probably plenty of Hillary supporters in LA. Hillary that, too, that but, we're not seeing. But just like, are you saying on the Democratic? On ticket? the Democratic, yeah. It's I mean the Democratic is. Uh, I mean there's still. There's arguments there. The whole Republican side is literally a joke. It's, yeah, uh, it it seems it seems that way. It's a legi- it, it's a circus. It's a goddamn circus. I, I will say yeah. that yeah, it's it it is without getting like super political. I just I know that there are um, candidates and and Republicans that are are very sound in their logic. I mean that's kind of what they're known for, and I don't think any of those candidates represent. This 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 demographic of people who are just fiscally like, hey, how do we balance a you know a book? Which is which is mostly why I I would agree with you is that if there is a a um, level headed side of the Republican Party right now, they definitely don't have a don't have a candidate that nope. is at least gaining traction. I know in the same way that there's a weird um, you know youth support of uh, Bernie Sanders. That's also the case uh, for Rand Paul. Um, there's like there's some there's some like young voters 
um, that that like him just because of uh, um, one degree separation from his dad, which also Ron Paul got a weird like in in oa and uh, twelve got some 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 rally of people. Um, so I, I, if if he were to get a little more attention, I feel like it would maybe not be so one sided. But yeah, Cruz Rubio. Trump, no, no, thank you to any of those. Um, and it's just, it, it's just, I don't know, I don't know what what more to say. <laughs> I feel like the that video, the one that made its big internet rounds, like just summed it up so well. Of like the on the Republican debate, yeah, where they're all being called out, yeah, and then Ben Carson is just kind of standing there, yeah, and everyone's giving him like funny looks as they walk by, and then they call Trump out. And then they call him again, and then he walks out, and then just stands next to Ben Carson. Yeah, is... it's ju- it's just become it has become a mockery. It's and and I actually finally watched clips from the debate mm. just to see, like, okay, are we getting to any actual talking points? The only thing that I saw was was Marco Rubio repeating the same soundbite four times, and Chris Christie being like, "Look at what he's doing." <laughs> and so there were some shots fired, definitely. Um, but anyway, that's for a different political yes. podcast, which um, it, it was just interesting because when we had somebody in the store um, during the Iowa caucuses, um, which I was obviously paying close attention to, um, he, Wait, like I was that it's because I'm from Iowa. <laughs> it's because I'm from there. Um, uh, uh, when I was giving like live updates of like, oh, my gosh, it's forty nine point six to forty nine point six three. Um there was just like a number of people that went off and just started spouting. Oh, this is a huge victory, huge, huge victory! And they just like they just heard that and then just started talking. It was the X Files guy. Um, oh. It was the X Files crew when they're in here, um, very knowledgeable about things even beyond uh, X Files. So if you get a chance, check them out. Uh, I believe, yeah, Monday nights, um, late on Monday nights on Shop XSN. Uh, very smart guys. Um, but yeah, look look in the uh, near future of when we get closer to the California primaries uh, for Burnathon 2.0 and possibly any number of their people um, coming on to Meltcast 3.0. That'd be cool. If you like that idea, tweet it out, talk about it, talk amongst yourselves. We're going to talk uh, more about nerdy things now. I have a, a very cool thing mm-hmm. that happened today. What happened today? The final trailer for Batman vs Superman dropped, and I. The beautiful thing about having two Twitter accounts is that I just got to talk about it on my end. <laughs> and I got to talk about it on Melcast and show it up, and uh, it was it was pretty great. It, it's it seems like a very like we're just gonna have fun at this point, mm-hmm. and I think that was the maybe they saw how how well the reception was to um, Suicide Squad. Having uh, fun in that yeah, trailer. Yeah, having, having fun in that. And this was definitely, I think it was very smart for them of their, their obviously you have a teaser trailer, then t- three main trailers. This was, it was good that they were like, hey, the reminder should be that this was stemming from Man of Steel. So S- Superman should sort of be the first focus. Mm-hmm. The second one was kind of like, remember though, Wonder Woman's going to show up in this. And then I appreciated 
that this one was like, but we're also telling a Batman story. So this one was, he's the one that I feel like needs the least introduction in a filmic sense. So they kind of held off on that. Yeah. And showed uh, him in this. And they just show him making his way through a room of bad guys. And in a very gratifying Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight way of just taking down so many guys, so many henchmen, gunned men at once. They did that in the filmic sense, and it's just, like, brutal. He's just, like, putting the hurt on so many people. There's, like, one point where he punches someone in the face, and then, like, in one-tenth of a second, their face hits the floor, like, as hard as possible. Mm. It was it was a very brutal. Um, but it's it was, it, it was fun. And uh, it definitely... I know that, like, Zack Snyder's kind of talked about... I mean, come on. Superman's, like, the champ. You know what I mean? And that's a very, like, well bring a balanced view to it would you please so this felt very good that he and i think it's because Zack snyder likes martial arts and things like that and showing some of the choreography not to the degree of say like jackie chan like just keep it in one single frame and show that that martial artist but he's not like at a michael bay level cut mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think a lot of people say that 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 there's they're similar but i think if you actually watch Zack snyder he's showing a lot more of the action and using fewer cuts than it might seem mm. he's kind of doing some altering of pushing and like pulling back and out and things like that but the 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 like just really add riddled cut i don't think i don't think that happens so much yeah um so that was really cool to see that trailer and it just makes me so excited and I, it made me realize like we're like a month and a half away I know I I can't I was gonna ask what, if uh, you knew the date because mm-hmm. I I can't believe it's coming up so close. the twenty fifth of March damn twenty fifth of March so in the same way that we've kind of put out uh, the feelers of um, the Burnathon if uh, there's any of you that are more interested in in uh, Meltcast being a platform for Batman vs Superman uh, tweet that out tweet your congressman talk about it. Get it out there. Put put the idea out there, and uh, I think all of us would be really happy to see that happen um, because it's going to be an awesome film. I'm pretty. Ex- I haven't seen this trailer yet, and I yeah. I've, After, I knew, afterwards, I, I, yeah, give it a gander because it is it is amazing. Um, yeah. So so that was that. What else has happened in terms of nerdy news? Deadpool's coming out, or well, I guess by the time this is out, it's been out. Yes. And, uh, it's looking good. Apparently, already working on number two. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and uh, Star Wars has already started on episode eight. Have, wait, what? Yeah. Like filming or? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's like pre-production, pre-produ- mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the headline was that they've already started. I know that, um, damn it, I followed James Gunn on Instagram and I, I forgot when he said they would start, but I know that they're currently doing some like quick touch ups and I think like they're starting to film Guardians too. Oh nice. Weird. I would have thought that they started already. But I'm sure it's coming up when soon. You're, yeah, okay. when when it's Marvel Studios like there's probably gotta be some staggering to their filming. I don't even remember that what they the do. Order is, cause I know it's Civil War then Doctor Strange and then I've I've already forgotten what. Oh, happened. is that the Marvel movie that follows up? I don't, I I have no idea. 
I know that we were <laughs> we were talking with uh, with Eddie about um, Gambit, although it's not Marvel Studios. That's yeah. still happening. I'm pretty sure. No, okay. yeah, no, that's what that's what he said. It's still happening, and they're still committing to I think a November release date. And Channing Tatum. Yep. Which nice Gambit? I can kind of picture that. I just hate well, like that's uh, I hate the inconsistency of Fox's. Hate is strong. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess hate is strong. Consistency but of what? Of their of their universe. Like the actors mm-hmm. are constantly changing, and then the character. Like the only thing that's been consistent through all of the X Men movies is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah, everything else is just so hodgepodge. Yeah, I, uh, it, I am excited for X Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I, I just really like. Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Yeah, that that I do love. I think he's great. Um, I think he's a very talented actor. I like James McAvoy. Um, and uh, the costuming is really great. I th- like Magneto's costume. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, it's solid. I think it's I think it's so good. Um, and we're getting Psylocke, which is uh, a lot of fans are are very happy about because she. Looks cool. She has mm. a cool power set, and she's a cool figure, and she's a necessary part of the story this time. Of well, yeah, but uh, also um, X Force. Oh yes, so that too. So, um, but I think Ryan Reynolds also talked about X Force better coming to fruition recently, which would be mm. which would because be fun. I think he said that he would. He'd want to be in there. Oh yeah, or that he's gonna. I don't know. Which I don't yeah. even. Yeah, that is something I, I, I don't know how many iterations there's been to X Force. I only remember the, the last, um, envisioning of X Force, which I don't believe Deadpool was about. But he could sort of assume a Phantom X role, mm-hmm. or or they could just roll like pave the way for Phantom X since he's a little more, um. He's a little more recent, um, but yeah. I on the subject of Gambit, we haven't we've seen Gambit now because of X Men ninety two, but oh, like, in comics, yeah. There's yeah. just so many X Men now that that it, they don't show. They just don't show in the comics anymore. Like I was, I I've been yearning for like some Juggernaut. I'm, yeah, I miss Juggernaut. I I I keep forgetting about. There's it. There's so I many think. of those classic ones that I'm like, why are you not <laughs> in the comics anymore? What happened? I know Nightcrawler is, or I think because I remember Nightcrawler had his own little series for a little bit. And yeah, I don't know he if did. He's in any of the current ones now, though. No, it's just they they use the Bants, the little the little ones, the little Nightcrawlers, hmm. the grouping of of tiny Nightcrawlers that don't really say anything other than Bamf. You mean the bugs? The little nightcrawler bugs. Yeah, just get, like no, <laughs> no. I mean, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's nightcrawler. It's just a bunch of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's. Oh, 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 that makes sense. Of various points throughout his career. Uh, Obviously, the Prince of Persia uh, nightcrawler is not very uh, powerful. Um, I'm. I tried looking up the the order, the, the Phase Three order. Yes, and I'm having trouble finding. 
the most up to date one because I know I know they, the they added Ant Man and Wasp to it, and none right. of these have Ant Man and Wasp, which I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. But I I really wanted Ant Man and Wasp. Like I kind of had an understanding of Ant Man and Wasp as a movie before they announced it, mm-hmm. before it was even thrown out. And what I thought that they were going to do was close the movie with um, him still stuck in the microverse. That would have been cool. I, I really thought that's what they were going to do, and they tied it up with a bow, and I was kind of like, oh. Well, I mean, that was, they, they kind of had to because he's going to be in Civil War. Mm, Can't have him all Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Or I guess they could have had him just be back and then, you know, have Ant-Man. It could have been a flashback. It yeah. could have. Yeah. Even though the order of it would have been, you know, whatever. It, they do that in comics. I could have seen him in, um, you know, uh, Civil War and then Ant-Man and Wasp could have been. Just back a little bit, flashback, leading up to the point in, um, uh, you know, Civil War that we had seen. I would have been okay with that, honestly, because I like the idea of him. It, it could still be the premise of the movie of him in the microverse again somehow of like once I was there, like I want to go back and revisit it. I want to figure out what that is because he almost kind of has to in a way, I feel like. But go there and then anything that's happening on the earth surface um she'll handle mm-hmm. you know i think that'd be really cool um but yeah that um okay now i have a question for you in regards to ant-man did you see his costume ant-man for civil war i've not i know that they played uh, a new trailer during the super bowl mm mm-hmm. But I did not want, and then I also like I kind of want to just. You don't have to be ashamed. I don't. I don't know how many people listening to Melcast actually watch the Super Bowl. Um, I I recorded a podcast right before the Super Bowl that was then leading into the Super Bowl, kind of. But then I had to go to something else. But um, I've I've haven't seen. Okay, the reason that I I brought it up was because there was a meme that kind of expressed my thoughts which was um they showed you know the freshman year senior year like memes that you see sometimes yeah they show freshman year and they show the close-up of the suit from ant-man and then they uh, like kind of punch in on the like the team america or captain america side um and it really doesn't look as good the new one yeah it does it it's weird almost how like the 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 first suit is like this cool like how would i say it like blend of black and red mm-hmm. of of like his like suit like suit part and then his helmet is just more form fitting more ant looking like and this new one is just like extremely blocky and I was just sort of like, whoa. I usually love the costumes in um, the Avengers movies, with the exception of uh, Cap's first suit in uh, Avengers. I thought it was like really, really comic booky, mm-hmm. like too too much. So it was like very flat, matte, like blue. And it it just made his head look so strange. <laughs> if you go back and look at the first Avengers, it's just such a weird, a weird uh, 
weird suit, but they've gotten so much better. I I think the newest one looks really cool. I really liked the um the forties um look on him. Um but yeah, Wait, like is this the, the Nightwing looking kind of one? Let me see. Um sorry, listeners. Cause when no, I no, Googled no. it, see I that looks like a very cool concept, but if you pull up Ant Man Civil War the, um like, it, I... it 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 it's just it's strange. I don't want to keep going on about it because because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's not fair to Ant Man, but it is very. It was a very true meme of this was what we originally had. But I'm sure when you're doing the ensemble like film, mm-hmm. like you're gonna stretch the budget as far as you can. You got to make costumes for all those people versus one film that that guy's getting his costume. They didn't make a. They didn't show Spider Man, did they? No. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. He's he's yet to be seen. Uh, I see a a picture of a Japanese cover art one, but I don't know for for Ant Man that I I mean kind of looks like the old one, looks slightly different, but we'll yeah. just we'll just wait and see. Um, the, the, the we haven't talked about the rumor mill of um Cap dying at the end, possibly. <gasps> um. Which I, I can it, see that. You're, yeah. It's it's one of the most, it's one of the most believable things. I almost don't believe, and I was kind of like, because I don't, I don't think they would do that. But they could easily in Infinity War or even um, at the end of Doctor Strange, have him do something to resurrect Steve. It could, it could, it could very easily be done. Mm. But I was just like, hmm. But I mean, I I feel like it's been talked about for a while that Bucky would would be taking over because, like, uh, that actor has like a eleven picture deal right. contract, which is insane or something something insane like that. It's like he was only in yeah. one movie. What? Yeah, he does have yeah quite a bit. Um, I uh, I I would just be interested of who killed him because I know the mm. Peggy Carter route. Maybe he doesn't die and just gives it up. And like I'm done with this life. I yeah. want to be normal. That's possible, but that that's entirely possible. Yeah. Well, I don't know about. Maybe they just go the route of he turns himself in, but I know that that's the route that Edgar Wright wanted to go with Ant Man because he was still a criminal, mm. and they didn't like that. So I've heard was that was one of the reasons why Edgar was kind of like eh. was the, there was just some friction of. This is a little more difficult than we want it to be. I cannot wait for the day that we get the full explanation of what went down. Yeah, I I could almost... I mean, I feel like Edgar Wright is plen- plenty professional. You yeah. know what I mean? But I also... If this already happened, I don't necessarily see any Disney property that they would ask him to do. Again, you know what I mean? Like I or him agreed to do. Yeah. So I hope that I get the full story just because he has no I don't it, see why I mean, he would have an allegiance no, to Yeah, them. there's no there's no going back. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he could go back, but I doubt that. I, I, I just hope I get the full story. Yeah. Even if the full story is just like this was a huge like many moving pieces and I didn't want to be so fully attached to something that I couldn't 100% sign off on. Yeah. 
but I was credited like three times by the end of the movie, um, just not as like the full director. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, and that's that's because I love Ant Man, but that's such a damning part of the history of this movie that like yeah. you cannot watch it without thinking what would it have been like fully yeah, yeah. like it, it would have just been better if he had just never been attached do you think so uh, well because well, I, I, I or feel at least a- not so like publicly because now everyone I talk to is yeah. like I liked it but I it could have been better it, and we'll see, never this know is, this is what I wonder is I, I feel like his DNA was put into it like he, yeah. it was almost cloned like from Disney, Disney's Marvel Studios, it was like taking taking his film, cloning it, like actually like getting Edgar Wright style camera movements mm-hmm. and things like that, and then being like the places where we disagree with you, we're gonna Frankenstein our version onto yours, and yeah, I. If if Edgar Wright, if you're listening at all, um, or someone with six degree separation to Edgar Wright, I'd love to just ask you about that. We would not berate you and be like, no, 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 Disney sucks, right? I I would want like the fullest story possible of like what adult, actually adult happened. Yeah, yeah, and under and, and understanding that on the show I've talked about in the in the case of say Josh Trank, like when yeah. he tanked. Uh, the movie even more than it probably was already gonna do by like saying this wasn't my creation like yeah. uh, that's what I think of uh, Edgar Wright of doing the right thing of just taking it on the chin and once he removes himself a little bit from it he could he could probably tell the whole truth and mm-hmm. people would still and not be him. so like Disney ruined this yeah. just I just, feel yeah. like we just I, I don't expect him to take that out but yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear what he'd say in uh, <sighs> other director news though yes uh I feel like I was late to this story. But do you know who's it. directing the next Thor? Mm. Let me let me preface this now with this okay. other question. Yes. Have you seen what we do in the shadows? No. Neither have I. But it's I hear it's fantastic. It's uh it's the I don't know if they have like a a, a crew name or whatever, but mm-hmm. the the flight of the Concords dudes. All those guys. They're directing it? Uh, Taika Waititi, uh, who directed What We Do in the Shadows, which is like a very funny vampire movie. He's directing okay. the next Thor. You know what I, as I'm hearing this, mm-hmm. you know what I, in my like, not stomach, because it's not making me sick, but like that middle area between my stomach and my heart, like I get this feel, this re- reflexy feeling of Iron Man 3. Of, mm. of oh, let's get some comedians to do the third movie and just make people enjoy the third movie, and maybe it doesn't necessarily need to be such a important part of the saga. That's because because I I I am going to like see Shane Black for sure, um, uh, or see the um. The Nice Guys, Shane Black's next film, because I think it's just appropriate. I, I believe him to be a very funny director and understand humor within his directing. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so weird in the Iron Man universe. I thought it was so weird. That, so That was a weird movie. I feel like the Iron Man movies already don't do particularly well now that we have the other heroes, but 3 was kind of the one that people I think like, 3 uh, still did well just because mm-hmm. it was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Um... 
But in terms of the whole canon of every Marvel movie now underneath the Marvel Studios umbrella, I did go see Iron Man 3, um, and I didn't see Thor The Dark World. Like, I still haven't to this day watched it. I I I um, would almost be like I wish I could unview that movie because it just the Dark World or no 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 oh, three three oh yeah I uh, I wish I would have taken the money that I spent on that and gone seen Thor the Dark World um but I still haven't brought myself to see that so uh, well I I like the idea of getting Taika Waititi to do it because he's such a funny dude yeah. Uh, I again. I try not to watch spoilery things or whatever, or read yeah. them. But I kind of stumbled upon the fact that Thor Ragnarok is going to be a Thor Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. They're going to be buddies, which I think you know leads up for a lot of funny moments. But the yeah. other uh, Chris Saldana, who works here at the store as well, yeah, uh, was telling me that when it got announced that Taika Waititi was doing it, people were like, hey, you're funny. We get that. But this is supposed to be a dark, serious story. Don't fuck this up. And he was like, well, fuck you. Yeah, why'd you hire me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, people, I w- people on Twitter, not like Marvel. Right. But that's still... Like, All I, speculation. I, 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 I get both of those things. Just just whispers. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, so that is a... That's pretty satisfying newsy stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the book. The picks of the week. Picks of the week. Do, do you, I, I want those sound bites. You like them? I do. I, I still have them. It's just I've, I thought like, uh, I'm getting too carried away with these. No, it's people a, at home are like, yeah, I miss those too. <laughs> I know it. I'm just, pl- I'm planting the seed. I like those. I miss All those. All right. Next time. Resurrection. Next time. Okay. Um, so, our picks of the week are. You start. All right, I'll start with my number one because uh, I I did have a number one, Jonesy from Boombox, which is Boom's side studio. Yeah, publisher. They put up Boom. Boom already feels like they're having fun. Yeah, but the Boombox is like extra fun. Yeah, it it's like we we. This is where everyone can try and have fun, mm-hmm. you know, and, and see what sticks. It's a lot. And so many of them, it sticks, you know what I mean? It's a lot brighter, a lot more colorful, a yeah. lot more playful. For sure. That totally comes across in Jonesy, which is written by uh, Sam Humphreys and Caitlin Rose Boyle, who will actually come up later in my other book. Oh, which next. I didn't, even, I didn't realize that until I saw it later. But, the, uh, that, that she was a part of both? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it's um, story and art by. I don't know how much they both contributed for that, but it just says Jonesy by these two people. And then colored by Mickey Quinn, letters by Corey Breen. But it's this awesome story of this, like, uh, this is 104. Just heads up. Okay. This girl in what I assume is high school who's very, like, not antisocial, but is kind of like the... The classic punk, goth, angry girl. Her shirt just says no real big. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't have many friends, but she's like, because fuck them. <laughs> um, it's Valentine's Day, which is so Apt. perfect. Yep. Yes, because, you know, assuming you're listening to this, the date comes out. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. 
and her school has a rose program where like give us a dollar, we'll donate it to charity. Oh, and then we'll we also, totally had that. And then you'll Did like, you do that get in high flowers school? sent in to the classroom. Yeah. Did you do that? Uh, we had the candy grams, which is the lollipop. Oh, okay. with the yeah, no, heart. we had we had roses. I think they were fake plasticky ones. Mm. But yeah, I, 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 I wanted to do that. I think I sent like two anonymous ones. Nice. And then it's <laughs> the it's almost go. it's almost less fun when you're in a relationship in high school and you send one. It's yeah. almost obligatory. Like, hey, yeah. I didn't want people knowing that you're in a relationship and you didn't get a rose, so here you go. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's a lot more like it's a ballsy move to get to someone do it. Yeah. that and then leave a riddle or like a little something to be like I, if you're smart enough, I want you to know this was me. If you can't figure it out, then it's not meant, meant for our be. genes to meet each other. Uh, I remember doing them, but I don't remember who I sent them to. Yeah, but that's she. It's she's saying how much she hates Valentine's Day because yeah. she's like, "This is bullshit. I hate all of it." And there's like the red rose, which is exclusively for boyfriend girlfriends, right? Which is the unspoken code, and then the pink means you have a crush, and then the white ones no one ever buys because they're funeral flowers. Oh, and then her friend sends her a white one, and then. She kind of there's a there's a one popular girl in the school that gets a bunch of them, of course, and so she says that like she's talking to you, she's yeah. breaking the fourth wall throughout the comic, yeah. And um, she says, "All right, there's one thing I haven't mentioned yet. I have powers." And so like she yells at this popular guy and like saying like "You love me. You have to love me," because her power is to make people love. Anyone or anything, love anyone or anything. Okay. And so it doesn't work, but then it ends up working on everybody on the popular girl. It doesn't work on her, but it works for anybody else. And so then the popular girl gets a million flowers, and then she hates it, and they end up being friends in the end. Because they're both like, I hate Valentine's Day. It's like, what? You hate Valentine's Day? I hate Valentine's Day. Now, is this a one-off? or Uh, I'm... I'm assuming the next one's going to be about a different thing in high school. Okay. I don't know if it's going to continue the story. Is so. it? Does it feel age appropriate for high schoolers or a younger crowd? Uh, definitely or? high schooler, younger crowd. Okay. Right. Because when colors. you're giving your synopsis, I'm using language. Yeah. Bullshit and stuff like that. I was like, now if this was targeted towards high schoolers and it's still using that language, I kind of like it. Yeah. There's. But still, okay that it's not. There's moments understand. that are. That are that have some language like that. Okay. But nice. Highly recommend. Very cool. Yes. Um for my number one, I went with uh a very um n- not as well known um publishing house, but still really awesome book. That is Reincarnation Man, number one from Graphic India, which nice. I definitely like when we can get like any any other indie book outside of um, you know, the main okay. two yeah. or the main three when you throw in image. Uh, just just because uh, I feel like it makes the job and like and and podcasting so much easier because I know for this week, with the exception of like the few titles, it's sort of like, man, almost all of these books I've talked about 
at some yeah. point already on the podcast. I don't I mean, want it. I, I don't want to just keep giving away the the plot points and the spoilers and things like that. So yeah. it was nice that reincarnation man I liked so much. So it starts off as this very um, existential narrative opening of of people being like, oh, I have no idea um, what my place in the cosmic tapestry is. But I can't imagine it's that big a deal when I work at Maharaja Burger, which is where the guy works. And it plays, it doesn't feel like a, a tired, um, the underdog story thing. It felt very appropriate to the comic audience, um, especially when considering what the whole premise of the book is, which is um, this very existential, uh, um, what is an actual solidified approach to like uh, a spirit world um, outside of, inside of, beyond our own um, or a part of our own. And uh, he is basically working in a mall at the Maharaja Burger. He makes a sacrifice for um, one of the girls that's nice to him um, when the gunman comes into the mall and shoots him. And he jumps in the way. And then it gets into this like really exposition heavy but in like a really satisfying way where they're just like setting up all the details of what does it mean to reincarnate what does it mean to be a part of this universe what does it mean to uh be living your life and how much is your life already shared with another another um quote-unquote persons or self um because it's definitely hinting at our our life energies the thing that drives us like the actual physical energy of what we do and and the choices that our brain works and things like that are a part of at, at least another subdivision, which is larger than us. I don't think it it alludes to the one or the whole or anything in like a Buddhist sense, but like a and um, the setup of the book with this device called the the call chakra. I think it's basically he is either one of eight, or um, he and he can inhabit eight other different avatars because they only um, show uh, one person in this, um, which they kind of allude to him having soul brothers and soul sisters and not in like a groovy funk way, but like uh, actual like uh, his soul and like that energy um, has has already been, yeah, a part of somebody else's experience. Uh, so the, um, the person that he reincarnates um, into as soon as he comes back from being dead for like three three minutes um, is a caveman. Um, so I think they're starting with the earliest part of where his soul has uh, come from and the Cro-Magnon Man era. Um, and he's like just brute strength. Um, he apprehends uh, all of the, the gunmen after he wakes up from getting shot. Um, and... Uh, it I like the 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 cosmic realm that it goes to. There's, um, they're sort of setting up the binary of of good and evil. Um, and I'm not sure this like gold alien with like four eyes that's in like a white robe, if he's meant to be the one, um, representation of of good in this world, um. Or if he's like a sergeant, but there's definitely a sergeant, a sort of Sauron esque figure of um, the elder gods for the bad side of the of the dichotomy between good and evil, um, and he 
he talks about incarnating himself into the pattern of of life um, because again another popular thing when we talk about like the existential stuff is how much of this is cyclical in like a in a structure way how much of it is reliant on each of us going through the processes that we do because our experience is part of a larger structure like an actual an actual thing so he the, the this is getting really like interweaving but the 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 uh bad lieutenant basically plugs himself into the quote unquote equation he enters for the first time um and and inhabits um someone that he said you have been a really bad person your entire life and like done shady stuff in terms of business um and thought you could get w- away with it i'm now taking over your identity basically so this sounds like a many moving pieces and mm-hmm. um i think a really cool synopsis that they offer on the back and just sort of comment on it is death and rebirth are an endless cycle two sides of the same coin the soul is infinite but the body must die and be reborn. That is the will of the pattern. So um, definitely enjoyed Reincarnation Man. Issue number one from Graphic India. The creative team was um, uh, for the writing and uh, just creating of the story. Arjun Raj Gaino. Or, uh, yep, Gaino. I got it right. And, uh, or gained. That's a very deceptive O.D., uh, Arjun, yeah, I'm, I'm committing to this. Arjun Raj Gind, and uh, the art was by Edison George. Nice. Um, yep, and uh, it was a really good read. So, what was your continued read? My, I think I talked about this last week. Um, Amazing Forest, number two. Uh, last week, I well, not last week, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the last time we talked. Yeah, I read Amazing Forest, number one. Yes, it's. Uh, from IDW, mm-hmm. it's a bunch. It's on. It's kind of an anthology. Yeah, all the stories are written by Eric Freitas and Ulysses Farinas, mm-hmm. who does the covers, and they're always. I mean, the two have been amazing. Very fun, um, very fun, and very colorful. Yes, but it's four stories with different artists. Yes, and this is where I Caitlin did read Rose this Boyle, one. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Rose Boyle, who okay. did the art or story for Jonesy did the art in the first story. Nice. Which kind of blew my mind a little. Mm-hmm. That like, oh, wow. I was just so drawn to her, to her work this week. <laughs> um, but uh, they're all great. I really like the first story. Uh, again, Caitlin Rose Boyle. Uh, it's about this detective that's trying to figure out, like, who's stealing, who's stealing, like, all these old swords from museums that have, were, like, previously owned by murderous men of history and the the thought is that it's a a group of satanic cannibalistic people yes or yeah and uh he's, the other pe- uh cops on the forest are like yeah good luck trying to find this one because he has that picture of like yeah the very classic mustache top hat villain type. yeah and he's talking in like a that was the day I figured out, like, a very classic, like, PEI or, like, t- detective that the force doesn't support him. Yeah. As he, like, follows up on leads. And sure enough, he uh, finds the guy, follows him around, and it's a big sword and foodies party. Yeah. Where they just take meat and chop it up with swords. Because they're a part of an 
aristocracy group that just really wants the most expensive silverware. Yes. Not because they're actually doing anything cannibalistic or ritualistic other than just being a part of the top 1% and uh, and uh, chopping up meat with like really historic swords. And my favorite part of the issue yes. is right at the end when we see the other two cops that were making fun of him. And giving him, giving him shit. For like, ha, satanic ritual. Yeah. Uh, cult. They're in a room that is covered in blood with <laughs> pentagrams and upside down crosses and a naked body with a goat head. Yeah. They're like, Jesus Christ, wasn't this supposed to be his <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, that was one of like four very gratifying buttons throughout the issue. And I think we talked about it before, like... One of the pleasant things about Amazing Forest is how that is sort of the devices of this is you get four very, it's almost watching a long, a long or medium form joke mm-hmm. of like there's always a punchline. So we won't give away too many of the punchlines, but um, I don't know about you. I really like the sort of Mr. Miracle-esque. The Stardust char- one? Yeah, Stardust yeah. character. Um, talk about that a little bit. Uh, it's this... Is his name Stardust? Hold on, I gotta turn to the page. I, th- I think it's Stardust. Um, he looks a lot like Miracle Man from uh, Marvel. Uh, yes. So it's the story is someone's released this uh, giant fake alien to get onto the world mm-hmm. to get to stop war, mm-hmm. so that we all have something to fight for, and uh, it kind of works. But one of these superheroes on this planet is like, I don't care much for this, but I still like humans, so I'm going to go elsewhere and yeah. make human life. And then he does. And then the life that he makes are like, look, it's God. And But then the other half are saying, there is no God. Once again, they start fighting. Starting fighting. Yep. Start fighting. So he just leaves again. Maybe a world with just animals. Once again, he's not satisfied with how violent the animal world is. Because they're just eating and killing each other eating and not killing, much else is, which, is happening. Which I would argue is just the system of balance, you know. Is the is system it, of balance, it, yeah. but they also posit that there's no one there to appreciate or really be aware yeah, of like their place how, in the, you know, on, on Earth yeah. and in the cosmos. Uh. I don't know how much of this, like, I should keep going to. Like, I think that one's fine because that one definitely. Let's just say that I I can't remember if there was any sort of connection between the four narratives in the first one, but this Stardust one connects to the very last story of Amazing Forest. The you the very last page. There's the big reveal of of uh, the last oh, Amazing okay, Forest. Yes. There's there's a, a character featured in one of the short stories that shows up in the other, which I can't remember if they did anything like that in the first one. I don't think so. But I, I like that uh, to some degree there is um, an anthology of just, you know, things happening that we can tune in week to week and buy and not have to worry, oh, what happened last issue? But that there's also some stories that just would connect. have... That that have some connective tissue a little bit. Yeah, I I like that. What if? What if in the end they're just all 
connected. That would be crazy for a big of, reveal. Yeah. That would be crazy, and I think very possible to do. Very possible. It, if somebody sat down and like did all the work, yeah, that's... which they're already can they're already communicating to some degree. They could definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I got a chance to read that one. I thought it was amazing. I think it's a very unique buy. Uh, amazing. amazing force. Um, I think it's a very unique buy from IDW that. Um, uh, you can just buy week to week and you'll be very pleased. Um, the premise is very inviting and uh, very low stress because I know sometimes it can be stressful to be a nerd and have so many books to commit to. Um, also, I know I've already said it, but I, the covers are just so great. And they are, like I love going through them and just kind of picking out like, oh, this is a reference to this or this is just a funny thing and this is another reference. Or like, this uh, owl is in another issue. Yeah, is in the last issue. Yeah, which is uh, I just love. So it. they got they got their references on point. Yeah. Um, because I just I can't I can't walk away from the title. Um, my ongoing that I wanted to bring uh back into the light just because I thought there was enough differences from it uh to the previous ones that we talked about was Batman number forty nine. Uh, obviously, Batman's very popular. I'm sure we don't need need me talking about Batman, but the reason why I thought that this issue was cool this week was because this was uh, the first issue of, I think, what will be four issues where we have a Snyder writing, um, but not uh, Greg Capullo doing the art, which it's been such a gratifying team-up that you might assume, oh, this is where I jumped the boat, but I was really, really, really pleased with this issue, and I think it's very appropriate to where they are right now in the Mr. Bloom story arc um, because we were, we're, we were left off at a point where Batman was about to go into the cave to get all of his memories back. Um, which were lost in the epic skirmish of Endgame, um, which we then also found out um, in this storyline that uh, Joker also lost his memories too. So it was completely wiped. There was a balance on the side of of good and evil, of neither of those uh, foes remembering each other. Batman starts to piece together that uh, he's missing some pieces to his own consciousness, and um, what was previously alluded to of the big machine that's downstairs now in um, the back cave is a machine that was designed to ensure if anyone signed up to be Batman at any point in the future, there would always be a Batman present because it would record the same trauma that he went through onto their consciousness. So basically the the understanding of Batman and his history would be coded into their consciousness. And in this issue we see a very very desperate Alfred pleading with uh Bruce not to go down mm. to not go down there because of how many subjects have gone down there. And I don't know how early it's... I can't remember when it was introduced, this deus ex machina machine, 
I I st- I, I was going to say that I'm so glad that it's finally coming Back. finally coming up yeah because, because it, it, yeah it, it was brought up like a long time ago and now it's back i can't remember who introduced it if it was it snyder was, or grant or... It, it was snyder but it was in the um in the annual yeah it was in an annual that's right was it in the um future's end one shot with the um what the the lithographic uh covers i can't remember if it was that one or not but yeah, it, de- it definitely was a one shot. And um, Alfred is saying, "Please don't go, please don't go." And Batman's Batman, not yet. Bruce Wayne is saying, um, "No, we can't have that happening. Uh, I need to go down." Commissioner Gordon is—they think he's dead at this point, just because of how like publicly he got thrashed by uh, Bloom. That mm-hmm. no one can be certain if he's dead or not. And he's saying like I can't let this happen. And then we get this why I why I think it was completely okay that we had the switch uh, in artists from Capullo to Yannick Paquette um, is because uh, then we start to go into these matrixy um, um, uh, simulations is what I would call them. I wouldn't I wouldn't call them um, other timelines. They're not timelines. They're pretty much within this machine because as uh bruce starts to remember that he's batman there's like these symbols that are up in the sky of all of these these um simulations mm-hmm. the 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 symbols and it starts to show the cracks so that this is a very symbolic representation but because we're also throwing technology into it i think it's like the program of uh of the failed subjects that have thought that they could come in as like Bruce Wayne that you could be Bruce Wayne and and not Batman um or that you could have both you could be Bruce Wayne and Batman which has always been like the constant thing but the reason that we the subjects failed was because they weren't fully committing to Batman Mm-hmm. the the concept of of Batman. So we have a Bruce Wayne whose mind has been wiped saying I know that I'm Bruce Wayne, I know that I was Batman, I want to be Batman even if this kills me and it essentially creates the brain damage or brain correction, however you look at it. Brain death is what they call it in the book to remind him who he is and to mm-hmm. properly put all of those back. And so after several different artistic looks into a, a Bruce Wayne that has lived as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and publicly people know that he's Batman in a way of, say, like sort of Superman, mm-hmm. where he doesn't have to necessarily... He has like a cape. There's a very idealistic uh, Batman that um, the Gotham City looks like Metropolis. All the buildings are white and gold, basically, and he gets in this big uh, big wheel, uh, just one, one giant wheel that he's... Uh, riding up the dome essentially of the simulation to try and stop the ensuing uh uh remembering that Batman is the priority and not Bruce Wayne and that Batman fails and you just see a number of Batman failing that you understand them to be uh a Batman that's holding on to some level of Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and it's because that this Bruce Wayne that doesn't remember everything is so willing to just become Batman at a time that they need to that he pulls through, he becomes Batman. And the very soft Bruce Wayne that we've seen throughout this run, um, the one that's in the kitty corner doing finger paintings with all the kids and has a relationship and a beard and likes being Bruce Wayne, 
the very last panel is uh, of brooding Bruce that is ready to be Batman. And uh, it's such a great last line. He says, um, when Alfred's trying to be like, you, you, you've undergone something very traumatic, he says, save it for the car, let's go to work. Thanks. I was like, oh, yeah, Batman's back. Bruce is back. Love uh, Bat Gordon, but yeah, that was that was definitely needed. Yeah. So that was the podcast for the week. We got to talk about uh, the peanut gallery. We got to talk about Burn-a-thon. some the Burnathon and the the possibility, although probability, of Burnathon 2.0 when we get a little closer. Uh, to all you supporters, that's uh, definitely happening. We're getting very close to Batman vs Superman which is a month and a half away. And uh, we got to talk about some picks of the week. If you want to get a jump on uh, at least my picks of the week, watch uh, me and Mr. Uh, Clifford Scott Broadway, QuickBeam2000 on Twitter. Talk about it uh, on Shop XSN every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We talk about the new comics of that Wednesday. And I like to throw in some collections that I think are really awesome. So... If you want a little bit of advance um, um, and just a quick bite size, what would be good for the week, uh, you can look at um, shopxsn.com for that Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen to the long-form discussion here on Meltcast 3.0. Either way, I'm promoting the both. Um, Eddie will get some sleep next time. He's looking, he's looking like he's about to wake up right about now well rested. Um, and look into those marketing classes that we talked about at the top of the segment, as well as Moped Hero. Any other thoughts? Good, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good too. And you are good as well. So thank you all you melt heads for listening and we will uh, see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.